Welcome to Vertical Insights, a podcast series brought to you by CA Ventures, bringing you an in-depth look at the commercial real estate industry through the lens of CA's resident subject matter experts. I'm Robert Maddock. And I'm Megan Nam, And this is Vertical Insights. And for our next guest, we have with us Carlo Mata, Head of Europe for CA Ventures. Carlo, welcome to the show. Hi, Rob. Thank you very much. It's a pleasure to be here. Thanks so much for joining us, Carlo. We're really excited to talk to you today. Why don't you kick us off by giving us kind of the overview of who you are, how you came to CA, and what's going on in our European platform? Sure. Fantastic. So as you could probably have guessed from uh, by, by my accent, I'm Italian. Uh, my professional background is quite it is an interesting one. I started my first degree is architecture, so I started off as an architect. I um, practiced architecture for roughly ten years, mostly in far uh, far east, in China, in Vietnam, in Malaysia. Uh, then decided to jump on the other side of the fence and become a developer. So I went back to I went to US actually. I got an MBA at uh, UT Texas, and uh, from there I approached Heinz which you guys know very well, I'm sure. And I got a job with them. um, And I spent uh, eight years with them, nine years with them. uh, First uh, developing one of their largest mixed-use scheme um, in Milan, which is now uh, uh, up and running. It's a beautiful project. And then they sent me to London to take care of two of their uh, investment fund was was a development fund uh, uh, focused on office in Western Europe. And the other one was a residential uh, second home funds with a single account we had with CalPERS. And we were doing uh, golf courses and residential, uh, say, holiday homes in, um, in the south coast of Spain. And after that, uh, an English uh, private equity group approached me uh, asked me whether I wanted to set up and uh, run their development platform in West Africa uh, so I could deploy their uh, their capital. They set up a, an Africa real estate fund. They wanted somebody to help them deploy the capital. So I went to uh, West Africa where I stayed for seven years. And then I moved to New York. And this is a funny story, actually. Uh, you know, in New York, I happened to live in the same block as uh, Nishant, and uh, Nishant had kids the same age as mine. And so we used to find ourselves, uh, before I knew anything about CA, before I knew anything about uh, you know what Nishant was doing, et cetera, Nishant and I would find ourselves in the same bench, taking care of our kids in the, during the weekend, the cold, uh, you know, it's cold New York Springs. And our kids would, you know, play football, beating each other up, crying, and then all, all this malaki. And believe it or not, Nishant, uh, is, you know, can have very interesting conversations which are not real estate related. And so we spoke for maybe four months about everything except what we were doing for living. So after like four months, you know, we started saying, oh, what do you do? Oh, I'm in real estate. Oh, I'm in real estate too, blah, blah, blah. It was with Evercore back then. But that stopped there. You know, we, we kept on seeing each other for another few months until one day he says, well, you know, I'm, I'm changing job. I'm moving to New Jersey. He's a firm from Chicago, you know, they have specialized in student housing, et cetera, et cetera. I say, oh, great, fantastic. And then he disappeared. Six months later, he calls me out of the blue and says, look, you know, we are, everything is good. 
we're looking at Europe. We're thinking of maybe start uh, you know, exploring Europe. Do you know anybody that can help us in doing that? And I said, well, you know, I'm in the car. For me, it's always been going back home. I'm kind of tired of traveling the world and uh, going back to London. My wife is actually from London. Going back to London is, for me, is home. So we're happy to consider. And so we started the interviewing process. I came to Chicago. I met Tom, uh, John, and, uh, you know, all the rest of the team. And then one thing led to another, and here I am. Nishant, who you're referring to, is Nishant Bakaya, CA Ventures Chief Investment Officer. So that's kind of crazy how small of a world That is so is. funny. I can't believe I did not know that story. We met Carlo essentially on a park bench in New York. Huh? <laughs> <laughs> you, did, you didn't know this story, Megan? No, I can't believe I didn't know that. The, the visual of you and Nishant sitting on a, on a bench together watching your kids tackle <laughs> each other is hilarious. <laughs> Turned out well in our favor, I guess, for both of you. He's the chief investment officer, but on weekend he can he can dress really casual. It was uh, was interesting to see Nishant in uh, you know in the family settings. <laughs> <laughs> Fantastic. That's hilarious. So so Carly, you joined us a couple of years ago, and and you've been obviously super busy because the growth of our European platform has been really impressive. Can you just talk a little bit about the opportunity that existed for you? Why that was compelling, and really, how did we start? It was very, it was compelling from the beginning. I, I was, I'm not an, a, a specialist on student housing. I wasn't back then. We started the platform. I was hired, actually moved to London on uh, uh, J, uh, July 1st, 2018. Of course, the team has been uh, roaming uh, Europe uh, way before, but then, you know, they took the plunge around that time. They hired me. I was moved to London. I was employee number one without office, without a team, without anything. Uh, and so I started, you know, with, with, with a strong support of the of the Chicago team to set up the team. And the opportunity was very clear. You know, if, if you look at the at the student housing market in U.S., you guys, you know, live a, a market which is extremely mature. Probably you were the U.S. was the pioneer of of, of the you know the, the let's say the second and third generation of student housing, highly amenitized, uh, prime product investment uh, for for institutional investors. Um, Europe is uh, far behind, and the second, you know, the 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 best, the the most mature market in Europe is UK, obviously, but still a far cry from US. And so the opportunity was to really come and uh, and bring to Europe the mindset of uh, setting up uh, and design a, a bespoke product for large institutional investors. And large institutional investors want uh, quality because they're looking, they're focused on long-term. And quality is predicated exactly in the things the CA does. So location is to be pedestrian to campus, uh, highly amenitized, both in, uh, in, in room amenities. So we, we, we're going to be the first one in the continent that will provide uh, rooms for students with uh, dishwasher, uh, washer and dryer, uh, full kitchen, flat screen TV, etc., etc. And the amenities that you find at the, at the ground floor, which is, uh, you know, a, a completely game changer for, for, for this market. So um, and if you look at the, it's a, it's a metrics that I repeat all the time. If you look at the uh, U.S., for every under students, you have 60 private beds, right? That ratio in, U, in U.K. is 100 to 30. That ratio in uh, Southern Europe, if you look at Italy, is 4 to 100. In Spain, it's probably seven to hundred. So that gives you an idea of the runaway uh, 
uh, that we can have. And we are bringing this uh, this product, which is uh, proving to be very successful, is very well received by institutional investors. You know, we, we, we managed to capitalize the first three deals with Prudential, then COVID hit. And we were holding our breath because we said, well, what's going to happen now? You know, and the investor, they had a little bit of a knee-jerk reaction for the first two, three months. But then the appeal of student housing was so strong that we managed to capitalize another um, another eight deals between UK and Ireland. We are now closing a joint venture for Italy, which is another two uh, slash three deals. And we are very close to closing an, a joint venture for Spain, which is another three deals. So that talks talks uh, about you know the the, the appeal uh, of uh, the product for large institutional investors, and also f- uh, the, the appeal to students. Right? Um, uh, there is a, there are more and more international students uh, that that uh, cross country to go and uh, live different experience, learn different languages, get different curriculum. And um, and this student need, needs a place to stay. And if you think about, you know, you're a student from China, from a, you know, a, a mid-sized city nobody heard about before, and you need to go to Milan to study, uh, imagine the, 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 the problem of finding accommodation, you know, uh, the scam you're going to find, the language barrier, the problem of finding an apartment with uh, some roommates, all that is solved by the product we put on the market where you come, you're, you're, you know, everything is ready, you pay one bill, you know you're not going to be scammed and uh, you have a very high quality, um, uh, air quality product. So I think the opportunity is uh, definitely for, to, to pro- there is a huge demand from student, pent-up demand, and there is a huge pent-up demand from uh, uh, institutional investors. COVID kind of put the booster on the investment side. Because now, you know, the, the investors, they are kind of retrenching from other asset classes like retail and offices and uh, living, you know, the, the wider category, investment category of living now is attracting a lot of capital and student is definitely in, uh, in, at the forefront of that. So, Carlo, kudos to you and your team. <clears throat> Obviously, CA Europe managed to close out 2020 with a, a big bang and off to a strong start in here in 2021. Um, you mentioned your first couple of deals that you closed with Prudential. I'm just interested to know, you know, as you look at the capital markets for Europe compared to the U.S., you know, who are these institutions? Are they U.S.-based institutions? Are they international institutions? Who really has the uh, the will and the desire to want to be building these, you know, premier student housing accommodations in Europe? Yeah, that that's Rob is an interesting uh, question because so it's really a mixed bag, right? So at the beginning, you 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 will you will see uh, the allocate the typically allocators like Horizon Street. And what have you that they, they were already uh, um, they, they knew the, the product very well they knew the market very well they were ready to go and then you see you know you you climb this, the ladder of the capital and and pgm is there and now we are talking with the you know large institutional that typically invest money in the allocator and now they want to go direct and to go direct they need somebody that can uh, they can trust to a uh, manage the investment and being able to uh, uh, relate and report to them in the way they need to be uh, dealt with and report to. B, they need somebody that can develop 
so manage the development of the project, make sure that it gets delivered on time, on budget, and the quality that they expect. And three, which is import, very important component, uh, they expect they need somebody that can manage those assets. Because in student housing, as, as you guys know very well, uh, managing the, the management piece is a very important one. It's really where the value is created. It's like uh, we do five-star uh, student housing. That requires a lot of management. Management is not just, you know, make sure their conditioning works, but is, is creating a community, is, uh, is uh, making sure that the building stays at the quality uh, that they're supposed to stay because that holds the value long-term. It is what investors uh, uh, look like. So to answer your question, is a mixed bag. Uh, what we see is more and more first-time investors. So investors that never invested in student housing before, all of a sudden they are interested. And as you can imagine, those investors are even more trepidant to go with, uh, you know, uh, operating partner with no track record. And uh, they want, and CA provide the track record, they, you know, the dream track record. I don't think there is there are many operators now in Europe with the track record that, uh, that we have. One case in point is uh, our joint venture with, um, in Italy with a, with a private equity called Aventicum. So they would only go with somebody like us because we provide a safety net they need to, to, to go ahead and do it. In terms of nation, the nationality is, a, again, mixed bag. We're dealing, you know, we're dealing with the talking to a lot of uh, investors from US, from Europe, uh, some from Middle East. We didn't venture yet to uh, Far East, but probably is a step we should do at a certain point. Uh, but it's really, a, it's really a mixed bag, and uh, that makes it very interesting. Mm-hmm. So you touched on something really important that we were hoping to get to, the property management aspect, the operations. Um, the European platform obviously launched Novel Student Living, which is our PBSA uh, operating platform last year. How has that been received so far? Well, they did, I mean, Megan, they did a fantastic job. I mean, you, you saw you saw the, the the marketing material. That team is uh, top notch. There's no doubt about it. I think we really have the the the, the best team the best team in Europe when heads down. Um, so they did a fantastic job, and this was only a way to the the market could receive it, which is uh, you know, very well. So every time, I mean, I'm very proud. Every time I put them in front of an investor, we use them a lot to pitch. Uh, to help us pitch to investors. And you can really see the investor opening their eyes, the jaw drops because uh, the work is phenomenal. Uh, the results are start to come. You know, we, we, we look at the pre-leasing of the first three deals with the, the uh, Prudential portfolio. Uh, leasing is slow because of the COVID, but it's still above uh, the market. So we benchmark uh, the market in Sheffield, Glasgow and Edinburgh. And we're doing better than uh, than the market, which is what what counts, right? You cannot beat the market, but um, uh, we expect that uh, the the leasing cycle will be, you know, towards you know, a little bit closer to the beginning of the academic year. But the um, the, the the perception they the, they've been perceived very well. What they did very well is uh, working very well the the um, the synergies between the brand and the interior design. So they really go hand in hand, and I think that would be a winning uh, a winning propositions that we we want to exp- you know we want to, exp- to to bring it to all Europe. So all Europe will be under the novel brand, and we can wait to 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 see asset operating in you know Milan, Turin, uh, Seville, Granada, and uh, all the city, the UK cities. So Carlo, <clears throat> you've mentioned COVID nineteen and. 
it's been obviously a key talking point across all of our podcasts here recently. One of our first that we did with Michael Hales talked about students going back to school last year in the middle of COVID and, and how some universities were doing a hybrid of in-class and online. Some were 100% online and the success that our U.S. student housing platform had last year. Can you talk to me about what are universities doing over in Europe right now? Are they online? Are they in classes? Is it a combination of both? And, and how does that differ from the United States? Well, in Europe, unfortunately, we didn't have a, a, a coherent and consistent uh, response to COVID. So we uh, all different countries open and close in different timing, depending on the infection rate and the death rate. And so there's not a consistent picture uh, all over Europe. But uh, so there were periods where we, when the country opened, uh, kids were going back to school. And so they were, you know, back in class and uh, back in the, in the, in the, in the accommodation they, they, they chose. Uh, when the, the country were to close, then they, were, they, were, they would be back home. Uh, the interesting thing is that uh, for most of European students, or even foreign student uh, coming to study in Europe, in UK, in Italy, Spain, etc. Uh, during lockdown, a lot of them uh, decided to stay put because the city where they're studying all of a sudden became home. This is where they were friends. This is where they were, you know, they were going uh, uh, to the movies. This is where they were going shopping. This is where they had girlfriends. So at the end of the day, this stayed. Uh, this became home. And so when the university shut, they were they stayed actually put and they were doing online classes from their room, be it in the dorm or in a student housing, uh, in a private accommodation. But a lot of them did that. In UK, of course, there, there's been um, a lot of students also decided to go back, especially UK, uh, UK students. Some of them decided to go back to, to uh, go back home within uh, within UK. There's been uh, um, uh, instances where uh, operator had to uh, reduce payback rent or reduce rent, so give concessions. Um, but by and large, it's been weathered quite uh, quite well, I should say. And what are you expecting to see come fall? Yeah, exactly. I think there's a Megan. There's a lot of debate about what's going to happen to university, what's going to happen to 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 classes, etc. And we all know that. Uh, the, the university experience, the four years you, of your life that you spend in a campus, they go way above and beyond the simply sitting in a class and looking, watching a, a teacher delivering a, a class, right? This is really where you, as a student, as an individual, uh, live probably the most formative years of your life, uh, where you have uh, all sorts of experience in a relatively safe environment. You have, you know, probably the first love, the, the party, like animals, some, some are, are you know, more studios. Uh, you, you experience friendship. You probably for a lot of students is the first time you're really uh, out of home where you have to manage your finances. You have to manage your time, et cetera, et cetera. So that is, uh, is, uh, uh, an educational piece that cannot be replicated by uh, online classes for sure. So to answer your question, comes fall uh, is very difficult to to predict because it depends on um, where we are with COVID. The vaccination in UK are uh, proceeding very well. Like uh, I'm getting my jab in the next two weeks, just to give an idea. Um, I think 35, 40% of the population, population has been vaccinated that already start showing in the numbers. So I think in UK, schools will reopen 
regularly in uh, in fall. The rest of Europe will be a little bit more uh, patchy and will depend on uh, not only countries but cities because a lot of, uh, for example, Italy applies a shutdown uh, city by city. So depending on where the city is, they decided to open or close. Thank God, we the, our first asset will be opening in 2023, and we hope by then in in southern Europe. Sorry, uh, we hope by then that you know COVID will be somehow under control, and so we will have a, a you know the resemblance of a, of a normal life for uh, for for students. I would hope sooner than 2023, but <laughs> <laughs> you know, as you think about your team, right? We, if we dove into novel, talk to me about your team, the team that's based there in London, and and how are you guys covering all of continental Europe during a lockdown? Well, it's, uh, it's a lot of um, Zoom uh, Zoom and Teams calls. It's funny because we, so the, for the, from, from March 2020 to pretty much June, the office was shut. Nobody was in the office. So we're all, all uh, Zoom. And we started this thing with, you know, with a lot of fear because you, it's the first time that you, you go from uh, sitting in an office with your team to sitting at home and co- connecting through emails and uh, Zoom calls. And uh, I have to say, everything went re- remarkably well. You know, I don't think there was a drop in, pro- in productivity. The only really downside is probably backache because you spend, you know, instead of moving around in, in meetings and uh, traveling, you just sit, you know, 10 hours a day <laughs> on the computer. But besides that, we managed to capitalize uh, uh, deals just on, 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 the, on, a, on a Zoom call, which is uh, astounding because the whole world adapted. So we, we managed to cover that. In, we, so we decided that the bulk of the team sits in London. So you have a UK dedicated specific team like acquisition. Our acquisition team sitting in London only looks at the UK and Ireland and they are phenomenal. Uh, so we managed to, to keep pipeline alive all through COVID and now we are ready to, to, to start again. Uh, you have common function like finance and uh, others, uh, HR, etc., which are sitting in London, but cover, they cover all of Europe. The development function, which is again uh, phenomenal, we've been very lucky with the people we hired. Uh, phenomenal, uh, they cover uh, UK, Ireland, and also oversee um, uh, Italy and Spain. And then we hired in countries a country manager or a managing director for the country, which is a you know senior, uh, respected professional, one sitting in Milan, one sitting in uh, in Barcelona. And they, they at this stage, which are really at the beginning of the of the of the story, they cover pretty much the function. So Giuseppe Zaffari in Milano does acquisitions, and then he covers a little bit of development, because we are really at the beginning. Now that the project, for example, in Milan and Turin, they're getting a little bit in the heated phase of design and development. Then London steps in. We have a gentleman called Tom Banning which is a superstar in development. And he, um, with his team, um, interjects to make sure that CA standards are enforced uh, in any country in Europe. And so far, it's working very well. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you got one thing absolutely right, Carlo. Your team there, I mean, I just adore every single person on your team. I think they work so well together. And they were already rock stars, but to see them during COVID and just navigate all of the challenges, I think you touched on one of the big ones that I was hoping we would get to, which is development. Um, obviously, the the 2021 deliveries that 
that we're presumably hard at work on now were, were probably affected along with some of the other deals that we had already broken ground on. Can you talk a little bit about the development piece and how that was impacted by COVID? Yeah, the development piece, uh, that's an interesting one. So when uh, when COVID hit, we had uh, three deals on the construction in UK, Glasgow, Sheffield, and, uh, and Edinburgh. And um, all of a sudden, the Scotland, Edinburgh, and Glasgow decided to shut down construction totally. So you can imagine, you already, construction typically, you don't really have uh, uh, a lot of buffers. But uh, when when your, your construction site shuts, is is uh, panic mode, right? Sheffield, at a certain point, was working at uh, running at 30% capacity because uh, workers on site had to keep uh, social distancing and they enforce all sorts of uh, safety um, uh, measures that would slow down uh, the, the, the workflow. And so we were found, you know, we, we found ourselves in a situation where we had to react pretty quickly because we had on one hand a very nervous investor, Prudential, uh, that was very worried. On the other hand, we had the construction site shut and we had a delivery day to meet. And here again, not to, you know, I don't want to brag about the team or, or you know, or over, over uh, exaggerate, but the development team did a fantastic job because they went back to the contractor, they renegotiated the contract. They bought, basically, they bought the risk of, uh, of uh, delay and uh, within the contingency. So bottom line, although we had... Uh, close to two months of shutdown of construction site, uh, they managed to pull out, uh, uh, you know, the same delivery date or thereabout. So we are still opening the same year, the same academic year without a uh, budget increase, which I think is, uh, you know, short of a, of a miracle. And that makes me, uh, makes me very hopeful because in, in construction, real estate, in development, you know, you always hit a rock certain point there's always something that you know uh that that throws the balance out and being able to have a team that can react quickly find a solution and and solve problems such a big problem like like we we face during covid is is, is fantastic because you almost think you know no matter what 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 you know the life throws at us we're gonna we're gonna be fine well, Carlo, it sounds like you have an exciting year or years ahead of you here as you guys continue to expand the CA European operations. You know, one of the questions that we always ask our guests, and I'm going to keep the same one for you, is, you know, where do you see your team in the coming years? And let's just say in five years from now, where do you see CA Europe? Five years from now? Five years from now, I mean, we... The, the ambitions is huge, and we we learned that from uh, from uh, from you guys, from the Chicago team, Tom, John. I mean, they really brought a different level of ambition to our culture, and a different level of urgencies and uh, uh, numbers. We definitely I mean, we, we were not dreaming that big, and now we we really learn to dream big. Uh, so, in five years, first of all, we're gonna we're gonna bring. Um, what you guys call multifamily, we call PRS, which I think is a huge opportunity for Europe, still untapped uh, for for bandwidth reasons, for COVID reasons, and for many other reasons, we decided to slow down, but that will come uh, towards the end of the year, maybe really the beginning of, uh, of next year. Uh, we're gonna forge some very strong partnership with large institutional investors, which uh, will provide, you know, uh, capital for the future. So I think we we're going to probably in five years we're going to we're going to be like 
way way bigger in terms not not in terms of team but in terms of uh, asset under management and development our ambition our plan is to do every year roughly be, you know between 600 to 800 million of development uh, across all countries, across the continent, um, between uh, uh, student and PRS and uh, multifamily, and that will keep on going every year. So you, you, if you do the math, you see what kind of portfolio we will be facing five years from now. But uh, we definitely will be the best operator, developer, vert vertically integrated operator, developer in the in the continent, no doubt about it. Amazing. I think you're already off to a great start. I, I love that we have ambitious goals, but we're clearly putting the right people on the bus to be able to capitalize on that opportunity. Um, Carlo, thank you so much for joining us today. We really enjoyed the conversation and we look forward to checking in on, on status. I have no doubt that this team is going to grow, uh, continue on this impressive growth trajectory. Go, go, go. <laughs> That's what they say. Go, go, go. Thanks for having me. It was, uh, was, great. It was fun. Thank you, Carlo, for your time. Much appreciated. Thank you, guys.